Nissan has announced a tired old brand new Pathfinder, <laughs> ambitiously promising to be slightly less crap than the current one, which was first inflicted upon an unsuspecting public back in 2013. In related news, long-term Pathfinder ambassador Joan Rivers, when contacted for comment via Ouija board, said, I particularly approve of how they've approached the engine with this one. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. Website for that, obviously, or just click the car that's up there now. Nissan is, of course, part of the Renault-Nissan-Mitsubishi alliance. And on this, to poor old Mitsubishi, I would say, please accept my deepest sympathy, dudes. Nobody deserves this, and I hope it works out as well as can be expected in the circumstances. Like, I know the treatment options are limited at this point, and we'll get to that. However, to the thousands of masochists who have enjoyed the Pathfinder's JATCO CVT going poopy in its trousers dependably all these years, you might be disappointed to learn that the new model features a new 9-speed conventional epicyclic auto and a 6,000-pound tow capacity in Miracle. That's what, about 2.7 tonnes or something? Admittedly, it will be quite challenging for JATCO to make the new 9-speed auto quite as entertaining as the CVT it replaces in line with, you know, market expectations. But I am confident they'll manage. They've got a real track record in this domain, and I'm sure they can do it. One significant surprise and delight feature of the new Pathy is that it, and you, of course, will enjoy the same tired old boat anchor of a 3.5 Atmo petrol V6, yes, which can be reliably carbon dated back to the Jurassic in automotive years, meaning about 2013. Like, it's been eight long years, and these Alliance dudes haven't even been able to develop a modern Turbo 4 that would take a big steaming dump easily all over any Atmo V6 in terms of low and mid RPM performance, as well as emissions and fuel economy. So, well done there. Nissan engineers could, of course, just have bought a 2.5 Turbo 4 from Mazda and or the equivalent engines currently in service from Subaru and Hyundai Kia and just torn them down and copied them all with, you know, sufficient hair and makeup revision so as to avoid the hot water of patent infringement. Like, it's not like they would have had to do actual innovation. And in any case, nobody expects that from them anymore. 35 years after the launch of the original model, Pathfinder has returned to its rugged roots, loaded with the benefit of everything learned along the way. In my mind's eye, I'm seeing Richard Nixon saying that, like, rugged roots. And frankly, as somebody who thinks about his own 35-year-old rugged roots, rather a lot these days, albeit through the rosy rear-view mirror of nostalgia, 
I can totally endorse Jared Haslam's comments on this. He's the Vice President of Product and Services Planning for Nissan North America. Today's large SUV owners want a vehicle that conveys strength and rugged capability while using advanced safety and technology features to keep their family safe and comfortable during everyday adventures and the all new 2022 Pathfinder is ready to take on those adventures. Mr. Haslin there again, seemingly somewhat out of touch with recent Pathfinder history, but managing to say all of that with a straight face, apparently, and I doubt I could do that. Which is, of course, why I will never make it in the corporate world. Dude, like face facts, I just don't have what it takes. New Pathy will roll out in America in the summer of 2021, which is, of course, our winter. And I do wonder if the Flat Earthers have managed to come up with a plausible explanation for that yet. It does seem somewhat problematic for their worldview. Anyway, doubtless we will get the new Pathy soon in Australia, but there's no point counting the sleeps remaining just yet. The Australian Pathy, when it finally lobs, will be made in America again. So that's awesome. <laughs> and it features a revolutionary seven-position terrain mode selector. <laughs> yes, seven positions. The Kama Sutra of terrain mode selectors. Just right for the many and varied operating terrains Pathfinder owners typically negotiate. Like, let's think about this for a second. You've got bitumen and dirt, and sand and mud and snow and what? Up on blocks in the workshop for months and trudging up the consumer law court steps. Yes! Nissan's engineers, I'd suggest, really have thought of everything with this one. Three modes only for the two-wheel drive models, obviously, and there's no diesel because miracle. This vehicle is another shining example, in my view, of Nissan managing to do the least it could do to keep up with market expectations. A real beacon, I'd suggest, and one best to watch from the sidelines while you go out and purchase perhaps a Santa Fe or a Palisade, Sorrento Carnival, Outback, CX-8, CX-9, Kluger, or even Outlander, if you friggin' know what's good for you. If you're looking for light at the end of this somewhat bleak tunnel, I'd suggest Upliftingly, we will not see a rebadged Pathfinder in Renault showrooms anytime soon across Australia with some, you know, hastily made up name probably sounding like a terrible digestive disease again. Like, Mr. Smith, would you take a seat? I've got some bad news. The test results are in and you have stage four coleos. Dude, it's time to get your affairs in order. Now, we will mainly not see this rebadging exercise because Renault is currently doing its own entertaining Cirque du Soleil thing here in Australia and disappearing in public up its own anus, which is quite a neat trick, albeit after, you know, a decade or so of chronic non-performance. I mean, this is just what happens, right? Renault Schittsville will soon inflict the responsibility for vestigial sales upon a private distributor called Atico, and then it will sail back off to the land of wine and cheese and... Dude, this will probably not end very well for customers, current or future. Renault Schittsville is already down to... 
two SUVs, one car, and three vans. And I'm pretty sure only one hand will be required to count all available Renault models in Australia in the very near future. And while we're talking about this, Jimbo Slarty Bartfast, whose real name is, of course, James Vortman, and he is the CEO of the AADA. <laughs> Jimbo. Tremendous organisation, the AADA. Jimbo is, of course, the head lobby type spin doctor for car dealers down under, beleaguered ones increasingly, like they are fighting an asymmetric battle against evil car makers, let's face it. And Jimbo has already issued an indignant press release on this pending distribution disaster. It's that serious. It required a friggin' press release. And while we're talking about Jimbo, just check this out because it's fascinating. I find it fascinating anyway. Before, after, before, after, before, after. Amazingly, this is the same Jimbo, different stylist. Just a, a magnificent makeover. <laughs> I think you'd agree. Like, that's Clark Kent and Super Slutty Bart right there. Like, dude, I'm no Lois Lane, clearly, but hey. Just saying. That beard is pretty and viking. It's not just like a, a pathetic grey stubble, is it? For dealers to be treated in this way with absolutely no prior notice is disgraceful and is yet another example of the contempt that some manufacturers have for their dealers. Super slutty Bart there and his thick lumberjack beard <laughs> having a dignified press release spray. It really is a superpower, you know, lobbying. Dealers certainly do hate being treated in the manner in which they treat their customers, that's for sure. And yes, this does seem to be a massive double standard, but in mitigation, your worship, I can only say they're just not used to wearing this particular boot on that particular foot. There will be a lot of underbus throwing down action coming up for Renault dealers in Australia. That might be quite entertaining to watch, and I'm sure I'll keep you up to date on it when it happens. And the government is looking the other way from the ugliness too, like, oh, don't show me that. They're mainly doing this, as I understand it, because the free market always makes all the right calls. That's pretty clear. I'd be steering clear of Renault for the time being if I were you. It's currently just a little bit too much like... French Sanyong. One chilling thought I had in closing, and this is pure speculation, unlike the earlier part of this report. Pure speculation. What if the Alliance curses Pajero to the pit of hell for eternity by slapping a set of frigging Pajero badges on the new Pathfinder? This could easily happen, you know. And what an ignominious end for the proud Pajero after all these years. You know, the current iteration of which is already long past its use-by date. Like, dude, it's well-sorted and reliable, Pajero, but it feels like a brand-new 10-year-old 4x4 because it's actually a brand-new 20-year-old 4x4, memory serves. There's been deafening silence from bits of shitty on long overdue Pajero replacement. Many out there have already written the obituary, so you could see how this rebadging thing might represent a target of opportunity in the Alliance boardroom. The options are, after all, death or rebadged Pathfinder. If it's all the same to you, though, dudes, 
I'll take death. R&D, of course, costs millions, but after all, a kid can a, a kid with <laughs> a crayon could contrive a new badge. IKEA just did that, and that worked out okay. In the domain of precedence, of course, Renault Traffic is Mitsubishi Express these days. That's actually a rebadge that worked out okay. So, you know, it can work, but in this case, with Pathfinder, Pajero, bow. Chillingly, though, Nissan Navara could also become a future Triton, thanks to the Alliance. Another potential fate worse than death, I'd suggest. I do feel some sympathy for Mitsubishi in all of this, and I can only imagine how being strapped down forcibly into this appalling three-way alliance with Renault and Nissan might seem terrible for them in the long term, certainly bad for customers as well. The euphemism collateral damage springs to mind. Now, if you're in the market for a largest SUV, I'd be steering rather clear of the new American Parthy and its Dickensian V6 and untried new nine-speed spontaneous disassembly mechanism in between the wheels and the engine. There are plenty of other less risky options, I'd suggest. Far more entertaining, I think, for you and I to watch this one from the security of the sidelines. 